business news, business resources, economic analysis, market analysis from experts and industry leaders in African enterprise. Get more for a profitable African venture. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Art isn't just something aesthetic and beautiful. There are business principles that are important to have in order for you to make money out of your art. Art means business right here on Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. It's 3 p.m. where I am at least. And it's time for Egeria Africa on Africa Business Radio. This is the show that gives valuable and much needed information to the modern day business women in Africa. This show is for entrepreneurs, women in corporate and women aspiring to get into business. And it offers information on opportunities, mentorship and the ins and outs of running a successful business in Africa. We give actionable information and inspiration, expose and connect female entrepreneurs to opportunities like funding, new markets, collaborations, and support systems across Africa. Again, we're still in women's we're still in women's month in South Africa. So happy women's month to everyone across the world. We're spreading it all over to you. I'm your host, Kudzai, as usual, and I have an amazing and exciting show lined up for you. Today it's all about the social entrepreneur. What does being a social entrepreneur mean? What is social entrepreneurship? We look at the social entrepreneurship funding and grants available in Africa. And I have Busi Ziba, an amazing social entrepreneur based here in South Africa. Busi is the founder and managing director of Bonguluazi Consulting, which specializes in human and organizational empowerment in South Africa and across 
Africa. And then finally, I discuss if tech is building a thriving um, ecosystem for social entrepreneurs in Africa. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio, and always use the hashtag EJRiaAfrica. I'm going to get some Otiwa in my system because I need a boost. It's been a long day, guys. It's been a very long day. You are a blessing. You gave me to my life, no more stressing. Said this smile on your face seems impressing. Everything around you seems interesting. Don't read me if I saw like you don't know. Take you anywhere you want, go, go, go. Teach you everything you need to know, don't know. Show you that I love you so, so. Yalio. For so long I've been waiting, yo. Waiting for your love and your body, yo. Come take up the money, yo. Pretty baby, I'm a honey, yo. We love you for a very long time. You love me when I get to die as a dime You won't give me you any time Yeah, leave me and give you again Boy, you know that you drive me insane oh. Tell me when take away your pain Take it away so I will never be the same Oh, oh. Sugar, your fire can cool See what savage is good for your soul But the man king is a ruler And I can be your one and only Queen Shiva Don't tell me I'm because of Paulina Go and tell me Angelina Welcome back to Egeria Africa on Africa Business Radio. So I'm just going to get straight into it. You know, I just like to get in. I don't like to play around. I don't like to cut around things. I'm just going to dive straight into a topic. And I'm going to start at the very beginning of what being a social entrepreneur actually means. What does social entrepreneurship as a, a thing what does it actually mean? And before I do that, I'm just going to call out someone in studio who <laughs> <laughs> who just said Tiwa Savage is good for their soul. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> now, we've all heard the term social entrepreneur being tossed around, but a good number of people don't understand what it actually means um, to be a social entrepreneur or to go and start a social entrepreneur. Enterprise. So a social enterprise is an organization that serves a social or and or environmental purpose, generates income from business activities, and reinvests its profits back into driving its mission. So I won't even lie. For most people, including myself, at one point I thought that being a social entrepreneur just meant you're an NGO, you're not doing it for profit, you're not making any money off it. But come to think of it, those NGO guys always drive big cars, eh? So I guess there's some money that's <laughs> that circulates, but they don't pay tax. But um, with a social uh, enterprise, or if you're becoming a social entrepreneur, it just means that your business is focused on something social or something environmental, something that's for the good of the people. So 
An example would be um, Africa Schools of Excellence that uh, provide world-class schools to poor communities at um, a low cost. And actually, one of my actual guests for today's show is Musi, and she has a school that she is opening up. She has got everything in order and she's just ready to open her doors. And this is part of having a social enterprise. So I hope she can really tell us more about this um, when it comes to having a school as a social enterprise. So um, some people say most of the profits should be reinvested into the mission, but others say a worker is worth their wages. So I guess this is what we were talking about that, you know, it depends on you when you're doing a social enter- enterprise because most people really, they just reinvest. I feel like most entrepreneurs really at the beginning of our businesses or when we're starting out, we work, work, get that invoice paid, you pay back, you just pay, cover your bills, rent, food, transport maybe, and you throw the money back into your business or at least that's what you should be doing, guys. But <laughs> uh, when you're a social entrepreneur, it's kind of the thing that needs to be done. You have to be doing um, your business differently. A social enterprise is done in a different way than the normal business because a normal business, as you grow, because you do that when you're bootstrapping in the beginning, you're putting all your money back in the business, all your money back in the business. And then when things start to stabilize, you kind of start getting more money for yourself. You start getting your salary. <laughs> you start buying cars and houses and whatever else it is. And to be quite honest, money is sometimes the end goal for most entrepreneurs. You want to create this great thing. Of course, that will put your name on the mark or whatever big thing that you want to do for your community. But at the end of the day, you want to be your own boss, meaning you want to dictate your own salary. You want to dictate your own working hours. That's kind of the focus of most entrepreneurs. But for most um, social entrepreneurs, their main focus is to make change, to bring about a better world. They're the people that we need in our lives um, because... um, we need to balance out this capitalism thing <laughs> that we have going out in the world. And they kind of um, they kind of do that. So um, we need to look at the responsibility that comes with being a social entrepreneur. So when you're a social entrepreneur, it's all about being socially responsible. So you get into industries like um, green energy. You get into industries like education. You get into industries like healthcare. These are the very um, the most popular um, social enterprises around today. Now, the entity can take any legal form. It can be an NPO, which is a nonprofit organization, a private company, a trust, or it can adopt a hybrid structure. Now, each of these structures has its own pros and cons, and social enterprise enterprises take attributes from commercial entities. They generate income from business activities. They also take attributes from nonprofit organizations and government departments by tackling challenges previously addressed by these governments, such as poverty, inequality, um, poor education, and unemployment. They also run more efficiently and are more accountable and transparent than public sector organizations. (laughs) We know how the public sector (laughs) 
everyone who's been to a public office, be it the birth office, the home affairs for your ID, the clinic, it is a nightmare in Africa. It's not transparent. It seems like people are forced to come to these jobs. No one wants to help you. There is a queue from here to the end of the world and no one seems to be serving anyone. So these guys work more effectively efficiently because it's kind of like what they want to do they're driven you know they start this for a reason and for a purpose they are also less dependent on external funding than non-profit organizations and charities and you know that worldwide there isn't enough money or grants for all non-profits um, but then I, I told you in my mentorship and opportunities I have a list of some grants that you can apply to if you're a social entrepreneur um, now you have to look at creating a business that serves people. Okay, how do I break this down for a social entrepreneur? Or if you're thinking of being a social entrepreneur, think about starting a business like any other entrepreneur, but with a public focus in mind and also with kind of an NGO approach but you won't be knocking on doors for funding or charity or I, I wanted to say handouts, you <laughs> but not, you see, you have to run it like a business, but you're sa- serving the greater good for people. That's just what it is to really simplify it um, for most people. Now, um, the list of companies that I said that you can do, usually if you're thinking, you think, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I also want to help people. I want to grow my um, country or my society or whatever it is that you're currently staying. Things that you can really look into that are needed in Africa at the moment. Um, healthcare. We totally suck at healthcare right now. There aren't enough clinics, especially in the rural areas and especially in high density locations or um, townships. Um, It depends on where you are. In South Africa, they'll call it a township. Zimbabwe, it's a high density um, location. So and, you know, maybe it's the projects if you're in the U.S. But whatever it is that you call that place, look into starting um, something along the lines of healthcare. There might be clinics, but usually they're not as functional as they're supposed to be. They're not as efficient as they're supposed to be. Sometimes they don't have enough medicine. You know, things are just lacking. They'll tell you, yeah, we'll give you the cotton to cover your wound, but we don't have a bandage. So, <laughs> you know, things like that really happen. So maybe those are the things that you can be looking into healthcare. You could look into education. There aren't enough schools in Africa for the young population that is just bursting out right now. And the schools that are provided by our government are just, well, they're not the best at the moment. They they made, they built schools. They were great at the time, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But then it's almost like they forgot that you need to renovate. You need to always check in with the school um Council, or you know, the headmasters, and you, I don't know what you call that pack headmasters, teachers. What is it? It's not a council, but that's that little thing that runs the school. They don't check in with that. And by the end of the day, body governing body, yes, the school governing body. I think I have a parent <laughs> in studio today, but the school governing body. So you have to be very, um, 
aware of these things and you know they don't check in on these things you know they don't even build toilets in some parts of of South Africa I was seeing on the news yesterday that another young five-year-old pupil um, drowned in a pit toilet and that is the saddest and most heartbreaking thing you can think about, meaning there are no proper schools, um, toilets in schools. That's something you can also start as a social entrepreneur. So just think about it in those ways. So um, if you're looking for a way to really evaluate what you can go into, a path kind of, so to speak, you can follow to make this work well, um, look at the current situation. What problem is there? What problem do you want to solve? in your community, in your society, in your country, in your continent, however big you want this thing to go. So look at the problem. What current situation is there and what problem do you want to solve? Now look at the resources that are needed to address the problem. What will you need to put into this? Is it time? Is it human resources? Is it a lot of money? You have to know because you have to see if you can actually deliver. Now look at the outputs. These are like activities or services delivered by the enterprise. What do you want to achieve? Once you put all of this in, what do you want to come out? So if you're going to put money into your social enterprise, what's going to come out of it um, with this money that you would have um, spent? What outcomes will come about because of the inputs? Look at the external factors or circumstances in the environment that influence the, pro the problem, but which the enterprise has no control over. So is it government policy? We spoke about policy last time. Is it um, maybe the terrain? <laughs> if you want to help people with farming, maybe it's an area that won't do well with crop farming. Maybe you need to look into livestock. All of these things I think that you should really keep in mind. And also, what are the conditions needed for the um, success of your program? So keep this in mind when you want to start your social enterprise. It's not easy. I know a lot of people think, eh, yeah, I'll just start a social enterprise and, you know, put the badge, stick it on me. I'm a social entrepreneur. No, it's not a walk in the park. It's nothing easy. It's nothing to neglect it's something that's quite serious, but something that we need in this continent. So that's why I thought today I'll just focus on you guys. I hope you enjoyed this segment. I hope it was useful. If you were thinking, oh my gosh, you were going so fast, or I realized midway that I need this information, don't worry. I always have a podcast put out after the show and you can always listen in and write down notes and, you know, start a conversation on social media and, you know, research on other social enterprises that are actually doing well. Get to know them, get to know why they're doing well, how they manage to do so well. And who knows, you could be the next thing that's going to help solve, I don't know, the biggest problem in your community right now. So Keep trying to solve whatever it is that you're trying to do and keep trying to be a great entrepreneur. We're going to go on a quick break, hopefully with another song that will wake me up because I feel myself waking up, hey? but I'm going to crash after studio and we'll be right back with um, some grants and funding available for social entrepreneurs. So please don't go anywhere. Talking to Africa, I'm your host Mimi Kalinda. Please do join the conversation by sending your questions and comments on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, and you can tag me at mkalinda hashtag Talking to Africa. 
Welcome back to EJRA Africa on Africa Business Radio. It's me again, Kudzai, as usual. Like, who else could it be, though? Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio or like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio. Always use the hashtag EJRA Africa. Now I'm going to get into my favorite part because I feel like this is the part where I make more entrepreneurs, huh? I like to think that of myself. So this is um, the opportunities available for social entrepreneurs. And I'm going to be focusing more on funding and grants available. If you're not a social entrepreneur, please don't switch off or think, okay, this is not for me right now. Because some of the grants are not just for social entrepreneurs. They're for entrepreneurs in Africa in general. So... You have to always listen in. And I feel like, you know, the term social is um, paired with media these days. So a social entrepreneur is not a social media entrepreneur. Please, I feel like I should just say that for people who haven't caught on. This is not the same. It's not an influencer. It's someone who's doing um, a business or a venture that benefits their community. So getting into our funding opportunities and grants available there is the stand big ibtc innovation challenge 
and that is running until the 14th of September this year. Um, that's the application deadline. And it's a competition that, you know, it's looking for innovative or technology-driven solutions for um, anything around Africa. So if you have a tech solution for anything, really, anything, it's not limiting you to a specific sector. If you have a tech solution for farming, if you have a tech solution for kids getting home safely, if you have a tech solution for matching outfits, I don't know, guys, just go all out. This is all about innovation and it's a great way to get some funding. And then there's the start and scale up for um, SDGs at Global Entrepreneurship Week 2018 and the money up for grabs here is 15,000 US dollars. Now, that's a lot of money here in Africa, and you could do a lot with this money. And the application deadline for this is the 1st of September. So we have about two weeks to apply and get ready for this. And it's open to young entrepreneurs um, all over the world. And not just Stanbeck doing the innovation challenge, we also have Nokia Open Innovation Challenge. And the deadline for this is on the 6th of September, 2018. And this is also focusing on a smart, safe, and innovative world. So if you have any innovative ideas or, you know, out-of-the-box things that many people have not thought of yet, people haven't come to this conclusion, you're ahead of your curve, please, by all means, um, join this. There's the MBA Impact Investing Network and Training, um, or MINT. Up for grabs here is 50,000 US dollars. Guys, this is a lot of money. I should be a social entrepreneur. I should be a social entrepreneur or something. There's um, a diagnostics accelerator. Remember I was telling you that a lot of um, gaps available in the market right now for social entrepreneurs is healthcare. So this one is to help with a treatment for Alzheimer's. How do you pronounce this? Alzheimer's <laughs> treatments. That So this is a grant to help you find a better way to diagnose patients. And I know a lot of people in Africa think, oh, this doesn't happen. But sometimes when people are, you know, getting old and their memory loss is a bit extreme, we know old people always lose their memory. But there are times when they don't even remember who you are, not mix up the names. You know, our grannies always mix us up, but not remember who you are or where they live or, you know, it's a sign of this of this disease and people are trying to um, diagnose it early. They're trying to find a way to manage it better. And um, there is 30 million up for grabs. This is how, how this thing is serious, guys. <laughs> so if you're in medicine or if you're thinking of doing something in medicine, then this is something that um, you can look into. Then Collab's 2018 Impact Investing Fund for social enterprises, now this is specifically for social entrepreneurs, there is 50,000 to 250,000 US dollars available in the fund. And it's for early stage um, investment seeking social entrepreneurs. And you know, the whole goal, the whole um, tagline for this whole thing is how do you reach 100 million women so it's 
a mission to educate and empower 100 million women around the world to explore new strategies to reach this goal. They've launched this collapse. Um, they actually launched it last year and they have committed this money over the um, next three years. So it's this year and next year left to invest in early stage enterprises to dramatically improve the lives of one million women and girls. So, EJR ladies, this money is for you. Go to their website, uh, Collabs, and find out more about this this funding and the grants available for this. Um, Apps Africa Innovation Awards 2018 for tech startups. Um, entries are open and there's also... Um, money tied to this so these are one of the things you know most social enterprises you have to go into this whole pitching thing and then an accelerator maybe and or you win a prize as you know your best idea or your best innovative idea and you win a cash prize so this is open until the 7th of september and it's going to be the awards are going to be um on the 12th of november in cape town south africa so these are some of the things available for um, social entrepreneurs around Africa. I need to just say one more, which I feel is very important. Um, the UNDP Youth for Africa Support for Entrepreneurs. And this is a platform that wants to help young African entrepreneurs in Africa to access funding and networks. And remember, guys, it's not just about the funding. Networks are very, very important. You know that saying your network network shows your net worth? It's quite important. So the people you hang around, the circles you start circling in. <laughs> circles you start circling in. That sounds funny. But the circles you start circling in, um, they help you. They benefit you to grow your business, to grow your enterprise, to grow yourself as a person, as an entrepreneur. So please get into these funding programs and especially accelerator programs where you can meet more people, meet new people, meet people who've done great. Always read up on people. You know, if you know someone you aspire to or admire, know everything there is to know about them, know how they started, know why they started, know where they got the money. So this is something very important. And, you know, obviously, if all else fails, you can turn to crowdfunding. I feel like it works really, really well for social entrepreneurs because what you're doing is for a community or a group of people, and it's to help that community. And people really take to that. They really um, fund that out of the goodness of their hearts. So if all else fails and you can't find funding anywhere else, please try crowdfunding platforms. Um, a lot of people will, if they believe in your cause, they will invest in you. I hope you enjoyed these funding tips. You know, I always got you, girls. I always have you. Where the money is, is where I am. Me and money, same WhatsApp group. So we're going to go on another quick break. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio. Like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio. And always use the hashtag... Ijeri Africa. I will be right back with my interview. I hope she settled down now because she was on the way somewhere. I'll be back with Busi Ziba and she is doing amazing, amazing work with parents with kids with special needs as well as children with special needs in South Africa. Stay tuned to Africa Business Radio. This is Africa Business Radio, your number one online digital business radio station in Africa. 
Tune into ABR on www.africabusinessradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio and on Facebook, Africa Business Radio. We'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and views. And you can do so by sending us an email on info at africabusinessradio.com. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Welcome back to Ijer Africa on Africa Business Radio. Now, my guest is running late, so I am going to switch things up. You know, a little a little spicing up doesn't spoil anything. So I'm going to go into my tech and trends right now. And I'm going to give you um, how technology is helping um, the social entrepreneurship scene. So the role of technology in this, because what I'm seeing these days from reading a lot of articles and a lot of um, 
interviews that are being done or a lot of stories about social enterprises um, cropping up around Africa is they are really making use of technology to simplify things for um, us people in Africa, in fact, around the world. So technology really has a big role to play in your social enterprise. Now, we've covered this. Social entrepreneurs are those who use innovative approaches to social problems like poverty, lack of access to healthcare in the rural areas, difficulties in bridging the gap between employability and unemployed youth, and problems such as, you know, lack of access to credit for women. You know, us, we lack credit. Um, These are the things that most social entrepreneurs look into. So I'm just going to run down how we can make use of technology, especially us in third world countries. Um, I'll give you an example. Here in Africa, farmers need real-time updates on whether it's going to rain, um, you know, the weather, how it's going to be, is it going to be too windy? All these things affect their crops. And we know that crop farming and land is a big issue in Africa. This is how we feed ourselves and this is how we are going to feed the world. So you might, uh, farmers need these to, you know, plan their schedules and all these things. Now, if you create something technological and you have to be very clever about it because remember most farmers in the rural areas don't even have smartphones so i don't know you can do like an sms system i think i saw an sms system done by someone in east africa to um, make it simpler for farmers to get um, real-time information and updates on whatever it is that they need storms Um, storm updates, all of that. This is something that you can do to use technology. So don't think of it in a smartphone kind of way only. Also try to um, make it easy for people in the rural areas to use because most of them have those little Samsung phones, you know, those little torch thingies that look like a small calculator <laughs> that don't have anything besides you, you, you call, you text, you listen to the radio and you have a torch. And I think there's a game in there. That's all you do. So you have to optimize it for um, the greater Africans. And also one thing to take note of while I'm here is most of Africa uses Android. I know iPhone is all the rage and, you know, people like to floss with iPhones. But the greater African population doesn't use iPhone. It uses um, these GTEL phones that are available for cheap in some African countries, these Samsung phones, um, LGs, you know, these simpler phones and then expensive phones. So take note of the mobile um, revolution. The examples that I'm giving you now are to do with taking use of phones, the mobile things. So create something that will make it easier for them. This is how you can marry tech and your social enterprise to make it easy for people to access things. Bring together all stakeholders using um technology. Sometimes you're doing your social enterprise here in Africa, but the ideas that you're getting, you got them maybe in Europe or America. And this is where um, they would have done it before because, you know, these guys have done most of the things before us. 
And for you to connect to people who are going to help you grow your enterprise, you need to communicate with them on the go. So make use of technology, Skype call, you know, do all these things to communicate with people who've done it before, to communicate with other people around the continent who are fighting the same battle. Because remember, most of our problems are similar across Africa. If you sit down with five Africans from five different countries, you'll be surprised how many things we have in common. Going from our drunk uncles to our loud aunts and our crazy cousins and how we eat our food, how we share stories, how we get married and join families. All of this is quite similar. So it's not even so different with the problems that we face as Africans in Africa. So you can use technology to bring you guys closer together as social entrepreneurs to know what they're trying to, what they're doing in Ghana to solve the problem. Maybe you can also use it in Rwanda. Maybe you can use it in Benin. Try to get together and understand how you can do this. And while we're on that, you can also really use um, technology for synergies and economies of scale. Considering the enabling and empowering role that technology plays, many social enterprises and nonprofits are focusing exclusively in building and creating an ecosystem for innovators, funders, thought leaders, influencers, and the regulators on one hand, and the beneficiaries, the intermediaries, users, and the owners to come in to come together in a giant electronic and digital umbrella where social innovation can take place and value created for all and society in general. The power of um, technology in these cases is such that it creates synergies wherein the sum of the value created at each link in the value chain is greater than, you know, in other parts. So technology allows social enterprise and entrepreneurs to enable and empower the underprivileged and to rapidly scale up, therefore leveraging the benefits and efficiencies provided by economies of scale. So it's easier for you to grow. It's easier for you to reach um, new people, to reach more people. And you can um, use it to benefit your society. Um, imagine if you can use technology to aid the underprivileged person setting up his or her own venture. Use mobile or the internet technologies. You can not only um, reach and inspire them to reach a global audience and cashing in more money, of course, but you can actually teach them something that they can teach to other people around. So if you find a young person who's great at making paintings or sculptures in your community, you can very easily teach them how to use Facebook or other social platforms to reach a greater audience. This is something that um, people really don't think about when it comes to social enterprises, how you can use it to scale up um, you can use technology to scale up, but it's something that you should really, really think of. Most social, social enterprises work because of innovation. And when we speak of innovation, we speak of technology. So keep this in mind and research more on how you can use tech to boost your social enterprise. Now, my guest is telling me that she is ready for me and we're just going to go on a quick break so I can connect with her and we'll be back with Usi Ziba. She is an amazing social entrepreneur um, based here in South Africa and she's going to tell us about her company and what she's doing for children's special needs in Africa. Stay tuned. 
Africa is rising. Creativity and productivity flow through our veins. Brands that the world will recognize are being birthed right here in Africa. We're finding authentically African solutions and in the process, launching an Africa that leads innovation, entrepreneurship, and leadership. This is The African Pursuit with Nobuntu Webster on Africa Business Radio towards a profitable Africa. Africa is rising and giving birth to brands that the world will recognize. Be part of the movement. Join me, Nobuntu Webster, on the African pursuit with innovators, leaders, and entrepreneurs. Thursdays, 2 p.m. Central African time. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Welcome back to EJ Africa on Africa Business Radio. I have Wusi now, finally. Hi, Wusi, how are you? Good, and you can I'm great. Now, Wusi has a passion for women and youth empowerment. And this has led her to host regular dialogues for women raising children with special needs. She also started Bongu Luazi Montessori School, an inclusive elementary school that caters for all children, including children with special needs. Wusi founded an NGO daughter of Zion Institute, which works with women who have been abused, especially those working in prostitution. She equips these women with skills that empower them for the workplace and for um, entrepreneurial opportunities. It's so great to have you in studio today, Busi. Thank you and hi to your listeners. So we have been waiting for you. We're happy to have you on. And um, I was reading your bio and I realized that you worked for some pretty big names um, when you were in corporate and um, you were doing strategy for them. You were working um, in HR. You're qualified in HR. Now, what made you branch out to go on your own, seeing that you I, I'm pretty sure that the, even the salary was comfortable. Hey, yes, it was. It was. <laughs> I think what made me to leave corporate was uh, my passion to work with women and with youth, including children as well. And I realized that uh, in the environment where I was, I was not following my my purpose. I was not following my dreams. So that led me to you know to 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 step out and start my own business. Okay. Now. You started your own business and um, you got into social entrepreneurship. What does social entrepreneurship mean to you? Okay. Social entrepreneurship, it's about, you know, having a profit organization, but the aim is to benefit the community or the social uh, space. So everything that I do is about developing, you know, any form of the community that I work with, whether it's an organization or women or youth. So the benefit is for them. And at the same time, I get to make money. Okay. And why are you drawn to the work that you do? Can you just tell us more about the work that you do um, with the dialogues and now the school that you've opened? Um, what exactly do you do on a day to day? 
Okay. For for women, uh, like firstly, I, as a mother, uh, I've got a child who has a special need condition, and uh, that has led me to open up to other women to have discussion about issues that touches us as parents or raising children with special needs. And then coming from that, you realize that there are certain topics that can be workshopped and uh, topics like uh, parenting, whether it's a health perspective or social perspective. So I gather these women and I partner with three schools in particular in Tembisa uh, because that's a community that I've identified that I want to make an impact in. Mm -hmm. So I go to the schools, I interact with the teachers, the principals, and then the schools, they give me access to the parents. And then I talk to the parents, you know, and it's more... Um, giving them a platform to discuss issues and also to learn and to grow together. Uh, the school, uh, it's, it's recent. I've started actually this month. And how the school has come about was, you know, sometimes you get frustrated as a parent uh, who's raising a child with special needs and you don't get what you really want. And it came to a point that I felt that I need to create what I'm looking for and give an opportunity for others as well to benefit from the new thing that I'm creating. So the school is a Montessori school. Uh, I'm starting at an elementary level and the idea is to grow, you know, as time goes by and adding other grades as time goes by. So everything is connected. So you deal, I'm dealing with parents, I'm dealing with young people. The young people is small on skills development. Mm -hmm. We run a program together, partnered with Vuma Skills. We run a program that is a work readiness program. And the aim of the program is to develop graduates, specifically um, uh, um, uh, your become accountant students, your future CAs, mm -hmm. uh, chartered accountant. So we develop them on interpersonal skills, communication skills, teamwork skills, and also we help them to understand their personality traits traits that as they you know get ready to go to the workplace they need to understand themselves and understand the people that they'll be working with and be able to function in a team you know okay. so that's 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 the kind of work that i do okay and i also saw you doing a lot for for your community and the society in general because i also saw you have the daughter of zion institute with which works with women who have been abused and especially those working in prostitution. How did you yeah. think of doing this? Because a lot of people don't don't think, you know, abuse is a big thing. And a lot of people do work with abused women and abuse victims. But not a lot of people think to work with um, women in prostitutions, in prostitution, because many people don't even see them as people that need help or assistance or that need you know, someone to go to work, an organization to help them with whatever it is that might, they might be going through? Mm, yes. So I think the, the base, the foundation of my work, I'm very passionate about women development. So the women that I, I found themselves in prostitution, that came with, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, that came by God planting that in my heart that I need to reach out to these women. So I started doing that while I was still in corporate, you know, while I was still at MTN Group. So every Tuesday night, I used to go to the streets together with a friend of mine, reaching out to these women. And then I found out that um, most of them, they come from an abusive background mm -hmm. and they found themselves in that situation. And, 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 and most of them, 
they are very bright and smart women, you know, like they, yeah. they, they should be running to me. They should be running their own companies. They should be sitting in boardrooms and so on. But um, they, they, their situations led them to, 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 to find other means, uh, which is in prostitution. So the idea is to really um, uh, work with them from the counseling point of view, you know, mentoring them. And then and and then also discipling them, you know, and and also giving them skills and using my networks. So far, it's like using my networks to find other opportunities, like work-related opportunities, and also partner partner with other NGOs that can assist them. So that work started, you know, like probably what 2013, uh, and then when I left corporate 2015, I still continued, and it has slowed down a bit because of you know some risk that i was facing but it's something that is still in my heart that i'm still you know you know finding my way to pursue it even more so okay. in terms of the scale that's in a smaller scale now mm. uh, than the other you know the bongoluazi consulting and the bongoluazi montessori school work okay that's that's actually quite great now with the bongoluazi montessori um this is a school that you're starting um and it's going to cater to all children uh, including children with special needs. And I feel like there's a bit of an education crisis in Africa. A lot of things are not included in our in our schools, be it a good curriculum, sometimes it's not um, a great environment, sometimes it's not an environment accessible to all children who want to, to learn. What really drove you to start a school? Because I know a lot of people will say, okay, yeah, I, I want to start a school, but they never really get to do it. But what drove you to start Bongoloazi Montessori? You know, I think sometimes some of the businesses are born out of frustration. So for me, as a mother who's raising a child uh, who has a Down syndrome condition, it was the frustration and the rejection that I was getting from school, mm. from other schools. And then also, um, I've got two other girls and and they are also in Montessori school so I discovered Montessori method and and my child Bonga, Bonga was also enrolled in a Montessori school and I saw the difference in terms of the methodology that is used in a Montessori school that was um, impacting my son so by just seeing him developing and grasping concepts that he didn't grasp before he went to a Montessori school then I realized that you know it's something that works and I didn't just um, got attached to the methodology I went to school you know and yeah. to get a teacher certification and teacher accredited uh, Montessori certification to understand the theory behind it what makes it work and the idea is to also incorporate other things that works for children with special needs and for children that are enabled and I also saw that sometimes you know we we exclude the children that have special needs maybe to a school a school that is predominantly for you know kids with special needs yeah. and i'm not against that my son has been through that process but i have seen the value in having you know an enabled child with a disabled child in the mm. same environment and learning from each other and also you know the kids that do not have any form of disability they also get to understand that we we live in a diverse yeah. You know, space. It exposes the yeah, children. Yes, and and that we need to be we need to be kind to each other. We need to be tolerant, and we are different, but we are all 
you know, unique and 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 have something to contribute. Mm. So that's why I came with the concept that I want to have my school that is um, inclusive, that you'll have enabled and disabled kids together in the same place, and they can learn from each other. And the me- the Montessori method will be the basis, like the main methodology. That I'll be using in the school, including other methods that I will be incorporating to okay. give a child a more enriched experience. All right. Now, I want to talk about the money because a lot of people feel like um, social entrepreneurs don't make as much as the profits and capitalist driven entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> is this true? Is there more? Is there more money in the capitalists? Kind of. I don't. I don't mean to call you guys capitalists. I know many people hate that, but in the more just profit-driven, you know, in every entrepreneur, there's a solution you're trying to solve. But with social entrepreneurs like you, you have a better drive. Like you even went to school to get a teaching certificate for you to open the school. You you are more driven now. Does it translate to money in the bank? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kunzai, um, I mean, you've raised a valid point. You know, when you are a social entrepreneur, depending on the methodology that you're using, for me personally, I've done a lot of what I call um, a, a planting of seeds. I've done a lot of planting of seeds. For example, mm-hmm. the dialogues that I run, uh, because of the community that I'm targeting, I, I've, I, I don't I don't charge for them. Okay. And uh, so I've taken them as a more of a social responsibility for Bongolazo Consulting. So Bongolazo Consulting has been sponsoring those dialogues. Okay. But then I did that with um with a very open mind that I don't want people not to access you know the type of information or any you know skills that they will get from yeah. these dialogues and the workshops that we run and 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 so so I in the long term. I'm still, you know, trusting that I will have companies that will support the work yeah. and so on. But when you look from the school perspective, that's where now I'm thinking that, you know, my school is a, is a, is a PTY. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's money. So, <laughs> there, there will be money, you know, coming in. And then for other, you know, like skills development, you know, work that I'm, I'm doing, there's money, like, you know, but it's not the same, of course, as corporate. Yeah. But then when you're a social entrepreneur, you need to have patience okay. that you might not make money now, but then with time, as your as your vision develops, as your vision, you know, comes, you know, together. To, to, to manifestation, yeah. then together, then you, 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 you have money. So there's some sacrifices that you do as a social entrepreneur. And of course, if you've got companies that sponsors you, that's great. But if you don't, you shouldn't let money stop you. So what drives me as a person is the passion and it's also the impact that, you know, my work is making on other people's lives. All right. I was going to ask you to give quick advice to aspiring social entrepreneurs, but I already heard quite some jams of advice being dropped uh, in your last answer. So it's all about, you know, you should try to make partnerships. You should be patient. It's not all about the money. Yes, and money will come. So yes, okay. it's not that you know social entrepreneurs shouldn't be making money. Money, you know, will come. But then, 
at the beginning, there's a lot of investment that you need to make. Okay. You know, investment of your money, your time, your resources, and so on. All right. Now, unfortunately, my time has run out, but thank you so much for joining us today. If people want to read up more about what you do, where can they find the information? Okay. Uh, the Bongolazi Consulting, there's a website, www. Bongulwazi, B-O-N-G-U-L-W-A-Z-I dot C-O dot Z-A. Okay. Or they can contact me uh, via your, your your station. You know, you, the people that are interested, you can supply them with the, my phone numbers. Okay. And you also have, um, you're also on social media. So guys, if you want to reach out, yes. you can always find them on social media. Thank you so much, Busi, for joining me in studio. Guys, we have come to the end of the show. And to just give you a roundup of what we've talked about today, we spoke about what it actually means to be a social entrepreneur, what social entrepreneurship means, you know, breaking it down, ABCs for you. And I gave you a list of funding and grants available for social enterprises, as well as how you can use technology to improve um, or make your social enterprise much better. And lastly, I had Wusi Ziba from Bongolwazi Consulting and who also has Bongolwazi Montessori School in, well, phoning in to tell us more about how it has been for her as a social entrepreneur and giving up some advice. Remember, if you missed the show or you caught it halfway, you can always um, go to africabusinessradio.com. There is a podcast that's going to be there in the next 48 hours. Thank you so much for listening to the show, Egeria Africa. I hope you listen in again next Wednesday. Africa Business Radio your one-stop resource platform for all things business news, economy, leadership, productivity, investment, and more. ABR, Towards a Profitable Africa.